Hello, and welcome to Banking Transformed. I'm your host, Jim Maroos, owner and CEO of the Digital Banking Report and co-publisher of the financial brand, coming to you from the FinTech South virtual event that usually is held in Atlanta this time of the year. In late 2019, BB&T and SunTrust combined to become the sixth largest bank in the country, serving over 10 million households. Looking at that strategic and financial benefits of the merger, the mission was to preserve the strong cultures of the legacy organizations while using the combined scale and cost savings to build the best of breed systems, processes, and digital capabilities. At the time of the merger, the question was whether two legacy banking organizations could reinvent themselves for the future of banking, making the foundational changes needed in culture, leadership focus, and innovation spirit while retaining what consumers of both organizations had cherished from the past. I am joined today by Scott Case, CIO of Truist. In this episode, we discuss the status of this historic merger, the role of technology and innovation, and the impact that COVID-19 has played on the intended results. Scott, it's really good to have you on this stage today. As mentioned, the imperative of investing in technology and innovation was a key force behind your merger. Can you share a little bit more about how Truist has responded to these challenges and opportunities? Yeah. Hey, Jim, thanks for, for having me, for starters. It's great to be here with you and uh, be part of the FinTech South event that, that we're uh, sponsoring. So thank, thanks for asking me to be here. Um, like, you know, first and foremost, the merger itself uh, provides us just such an amazing opportunity, right? The scale uh, that we've created with, with this merger gives us such a great platform to uh, achieve digital uh, success and, and reach clients in different ways. Uh, you know, we're, we're now a, 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 a 500 billion plus dollar organization in terms of assets, uh, six largest commercial bank. We have such great scale and such great reach. Uh, 12 million households we can touch now from a digital standpoint. Uh, but, you know, look, we, we've already out, we're off to a great start, right? We, we've had recognition already this year from both legacy banks uh, of our capabilities, whether it's been our digital platforms, online banking. Uh, I think we, we raked in some awards around uh, uh, our platform called Lightstream, which is a consumer lending platform. So we're rated already in the top uh, top tier of, of client experiences. But the, the merger itself just gives us scale, right? It gives us access to, to so many new households across, across the United States. So we're looking forward to bringing it and, and doing more from a digital perspective. Well, Scott, you came from SunTrust, where you were the chief technology officer. It can be argued that what Truist is hoping to achieve is really dependent on how well you can make data analytics and technology come together. together. What has been the focus of your efforts since the merger? Well, it's been, first and foremost, it's been the merger, Jim. I mean, you know, that's a a huge undertaking, as you know. You just alluded to it. The, The complexity of bringing thousands of applications together, consolidating, rationalizing those, uh, moving data, you know, fig- figuring out our data center strategy. So from a pure IT standpoint, our focus first and foremost has been the merger, which we're candidly, we're in the middle of. Uh, you know, we still have another uh, 12 to 18 months or so to go before we're fully integrated from a systems perspective. Uh, however, uh, you know, so far this year, like the rest of the world, we, we've had to pivot and adjust and, and, and be agile in many ways. Uh, primarily driven from COVID-19 and, and reacting to that. Uh, so that, that's been both a challenge and an opportunity for, for Truist to kind of flex our, our digital muscle and, uh, and, and demonstrate that we, we can deliver in, a, in an agile and digital way, even despite the pandemic. And we, we've delivered 
so many different capabilities, whether it's been uh, you know appointment scheduling for our branch uh, clients that, that no longer can come into a branch, or whether it's been the paycheck uh, protection program and digitizing end-to-end -end workflow from beginning to end, and, and including the servicing components for our small business uh, clients. So yeah, I think, I think COVID-19 has allowed us those opportunities. The merger certainly is this big, complex uh, set of activities in the middle of it. And, and then candidly, we, we haven't been just sitting, sitting idly by, um, you know, waiting for COVID to be done or waiting for the merger to complete. We, we've continued to add capabilities both internally for our teammates uh, we've automated many different components of our operations behind the scenes, which, by the way, I'm a big believer of take care of your teammates, take care of your operations teams, in turn, you take care of your clients. Uh, and, and we've also we've we've reached out directly and touched many of our clients throughout this year, not just COVID related um, in, in terms of delivering capabilities, analytics, deep insights that to just better provide service to our clients throughout this year. So. Many different examples, uh, despite the merger and the complexity of it all. So even before the pandemic, the combination of two different operating systems is an enormous task with an amazingly tight time frame. Where are you in the process today and how has the conversion been impacted by COVID-19? Yeah, Jim, it, it's, uh, you know, COVID-19 has touched everybody in, in, in so many different ways. Um, so our, our merger is no exception. We, we, we weren't untouched by COVID-19. Um, I'll talk about that in just a second. But, but uh, in terms of where we are in the merger, uh, we're, we're excited. We're making great progress. Uh, you know, we have a certainly from a systems integration standpoint, uh, which, which is obviously in my, my uh, sphere of influence for the company, uh, you know, we, we are making good progress in terms of already implementing, converting certain parts of the company. Truist Securities is a great example. Truist Securities, which, you know, is, by the way, one of the great specialty groups that Truist now has, where we focus on fintechs, by the way, uh, is one of our, our specialty verticals as well as technology. Uh, but we've already converted Truist Securities to, to the Truist platform. So that's an example of that one's already done in many ways from a technical standpoint. We have other early conversion events that we, that's what we call them coming up over the next year. Uh, probably one of the bigger ones would be our mortgage origination platform will convert later this year. Uh, and then private wealth, both brokerage and trust will convert next year. Our big core bank conversion is slated for the first half of 2022. Uh, and that's obviously where we're gonna touch, you know, millions of households and millions of clients. So we're making sure that, that that's going well and, and it is going well and we'll get that right. So a lot of activity, Jim, uh, definitely a complex undertaking and a lot of moving parts, but so far, so good. So as a result of COVID-19, branches were immediately shuttered. Consumers used digital chan channels more than ever before, and there was an increased emphasis on personalization, digital user experience, and empathy within brands. With, with the perspective of the consumer and customer experience, what, is, what are your short and long-term priorities? Yeah, well, as you mentioned, you know, with, with the COVID-19 impact, it, it certainly, uh, I would say, accelerated in many ways, definitely amplified the need for uh, digital activity. You know, we, we frame the conversation at, at, uh, at Truist in, in this phrase called T3. It's a very simple uh, way to think about it, but it's effective. And, and the T3 uh, acronym really for us means, uh, you know, touch uh, plus technology equals trust. 
And, and again, it's, it's a simple way to think about it, but that's our short-term, medium, and long-term strategy for, for Truist when we talk about, about digital. I think that, as you said, the shuttering of branches and, and the disruption that COVID-19 caused for our, our clients was, in, in many ways, that, that catalyst, a, a platform for us to, to kind of really accelerate on that T3 promise. And I mentioned it earlier, Jim, right, but we, uh, we were able to touch our, our clients digitally in a way that that maybe we weren't before. Again, it was appointment scheduling. It was the PPP, uh, Paycheck Protection Program activities. It was uh, e-signature capabilities, which seems fairly fundamental, but for for both legacy companies, we weren't there yet across the board. It was text messaging. It was IVR callback uh, capabilities. So, you know, those were all on our radar. COVID-19 as a catalyst really, forced us to bring all that forward in a very short period of time. And lastly, I'd say, Jim, for us, internally, uh, process, culture, behaviors, our, our value systems between technology and the business partners that we support every day, that changed as well in, in, in a big hurry. And this was an acceleration of that um, agile culture and mindset and belief system where technology, the business, product management, design thinking, all, all kind of crystallized for us in, in, in a big hurry back in, in the April, May timeframe. So, Scott, you were talking about the fact that you're, you're having to do a lot of things at once. And, you know, my memory serves me pretty well around merger and acquisitions. That, that's a, a lot to handle by itself. But then we have the pandemic and you have per- people working remotely. How do you balance what is crisis mode and what needs to be done immediately with all the elements that have to take place from the standpoint of bringing two massive organizations together to make a, an even better organization. How do you, how do you balance all those? Yeah, well, Jim, it's a good question. And, and it certainly is complex and, and we have a lot of plate spinning uh, all the time. Uh, the merger certainly is, is at the forefront of that. I, I, I think about it this way, Jim, I, I'd, um, we ground everything we do here at Truist and our purpose, you know, that was, that was one of the, um, you know, one of the things that at the forefront of the merger, we declare we want to be a purpose led company and our purpose is to inspire and build better lives and communities. Um, that that charge that we have, that commitment we have for our customers, our clients and, and our teammates and our communities is really at the forefront. And that, that helps me and it helps our technology team. I think it helps all of our, our, com- our whole company prioritize. Right. It's, it's a constant uh, prioritization, compartmentalization exercise, but that purpose is our compass heading. And we take that compass heading every day uh, to work through and navigate. You know, I'd say also we, we have a great board. We, we have uh, a great, great governance system in place where uh, we're, never, we're never too far off that purpose mindset. Uh, we know what our priorities are and, and, we'll, and we're working through that. But in, in terms of the, the order, the hierarchy for us, it, it's, it, especially in technology, it starts with you know, protecting our clients' data. Uh, so we get into cybersecurity and we get into uh, making sure the data is safe. Um, and then we move up from there. Our next priority is certainly our merger. Uh, but you know, lastly, I'd say, Jim, for, for me as a leader, it, it comes down to, you know, I think we have great teams. We have great talent. And that's really our secret sauce here at, at Truist. I think it's the purpose that we have, it's the commitment of our teammates, it's, it's good prioritization and clarity of what we're doing, why we're doing it. And, and at the end of the day, it's, it's difficult. There is a lot on our plate and it is a challenge, uh, but, but I think we're up for that challenge. And, and uh, you know, so far we're, we're doing great. We're off to a good start this year. 
Well, obviously, when two large organizations come together, and certainly was at the, the beginning of the announcement, that what you're hoping to get is one plus one equals three. But how do you take the best of what BB&T and SunTrust offered before the merger and integrate them with the mission of becoming a world-class digital bank? Yeah, it, you know, for starters, I, I mentioned it earlier, the, the, the reality is we're, we had a really good starting point, especially around digital capabilities and digital channels um, as rated by JD Power and really as told to us by our, by our clients. So both, both former banks, BB&T and SunTrust, had uh, a good start. We had a good running start. I'd say, you know, in terms of the process that we used going through the merger to get to that one plus one equals three, uh, outcome. We we went through quite a long, uh, but if, I think effective process last year as we led up to our legal day one of our of our merger uh, of looking at the best of breed of systems, whether it was the digital application, the the technology middleware, uh, the back end data data centers, and we made a a true kind of merger of equals set of decisions that while technically might might have created a, a little bit more complexity that versus going to all one system we had client experience front and center and in mind. So, and that's really my last point, Jim, I'd say that we framed all of our decisions to get to best of breed with the client in the middle of it. Uh, our technology teams don't look at this like it's tech for tech uh, or technology for the sake of technology. It's really been client driven, uh, design and experience driven. driven. And we, we believe if we keep that at the center of our process and our culture and our mindset, that will make the best choices with great talent and, and will build the world-class uh, capabilities and experiences that our, our clients expect. So all the research we've done recently for the digital banking report points to the fact that with the speed of the pandemic, it really forced a lot of organizations to provide digital capabilities like end-to-end -end account opening, digital loan applications, and other functionality that in many cases weren't smooth to begin with. While you're able to check off the items on the to-do list, most organizations still only fake digital, where the apps were slower or really slow than what was done is in the branch and, and really not capable to keep, move up to what consumers get from a FinTech organization. A lot of that takes back office changes. How are you changing the processes and policies of two legacy organizations to provide the speed and ease expected by your consumers? Yeah, well, first of all, I totally agree. You know, faking digital is certainly um, not what we want to do. We don't want to have a great website or a great uh, app uh, that on the backside is it, it's a clunky set of processes. Uh, our data is not organized correctly. And it actually, while it might look great on the front end, the, the back the back end just doesn't doesn't work for our clients. So that's certainly not what we want. And I, and I think you're right. I think that, you know, in terms of how you do that, it, it's, it's the wiring, it's the plumbing, it, it's what sits behind that app, what sits behind the, the digital layer. Uh, so like in terms of policies and processes, we spend a lot of time internally, especially in the IT space, uh, uh, looking at our architecture, uh, making sure that we have clear capabilities and, and governance around our, our API toolkit to make sure that, that we, we can architect how the data moves. Uh, just yesterday, I had, a, I had a great conversation with our data and analytics working group. So we actually have uh, executive management level uh, resources, myself and a few of my peers. We, we sit on that council and we look at our policies or standards, our control environment and, and the quality of our, of our data movement uh, around, around the company. We, we pay that much attention to it all the way at the, at the top of the company. 
so, you know, th th those are, we certainly also have policies and standards in place around the security uh, of, of our data as well. So when we put all this together, our focus to your point, Jim, is yes, we, we love our apps and we love the digital platforms and we love the, the client experiences, but we have to pay attention to the backside of this or else, or else the plumbing just doesn't work. The water doesn't come out of the pipes. So our research has also found that one of the key roadblocks to digital transformation is legacy leadership and culture. Both of your organizations, both SunTrust and BB&T, had a really strong legacy culture. But how is the bank today addressing the challenge when so many of the leaders came from legacy banking backgrounds? Yeah, I think you're, you're, you're absolutely right in terms of um, leadership, culture, behaviors, our value systems, right? The, the, those, are the, those are the ingredients for where we, you know, where we go next. It's super important to have leadership that, uh, number one, uh, understands the importance of things like design, design uh, thinking, right? Uh, client experience, client in the middle. In, in, in this, this, this emergence of ecosystems and partnerships that we have to tap into and have the capabilities to, to meet the client's expectations. So I, I think it gets grounded in, in really our fundamentals of leadership here at, at Truist, which is, uh, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll hear uh, our, our executive leadership talk about what, what is leadership. It's setting the vision and then having the courage to go get it done. Uh, you know, we, we, we talk about it a lot, right, in terms of where are we today, where do we want to go, and how do you know where you need to go? And the way we know that is through, again, interactions with our clients. Uh, we do a lot of research. Uh, we ask our clients, and we put them really right in the middle of our design thinking sessions uh, to, to know where we have to go. And then lastly, again, I mentioned it earlier, Jim, it's, it's our purpose. Uh, I, I think we, we constantly take the compass heading on client input, our purpose, and, and that's how we set the vision, um, and then we go execute. So it's interesting. I'm wondering, did you find that actually that you're in the midst of this major transformation between two companies and people being selected from both organizations as to who's going to move everything forward? Did that massive amount of movement maybe help you during the digital transformation efforts that were needed as a result of COVID? And when you're looking to become a digital organization, did the fact that so much was changing at once maybe even help you? as you're looking to change the organization from a legacy, I'll call it branch-based or physical organization to much more of a digital organization? I think the short answer is yes on, on both of those fronts, but COVID-19 response, as well as um, amplifying our conversations around digital transformation. I mean, look, the, the reality is, especially at the executive management table, uh, we were spending uh, not every day, but pretty close to every day for many, many months together uh, shaping, designing the next steps to get to the legal day one milestone, which for Truist, we became Truist back in December of last year, um, and then starting to plan the merger activities, make decisions on these application ecosystem choices that we had to make. Um, so I think that the, the benefit of that was, um, yes, two legacy leadership teams, two, two heritage banks coming together, but because we had spent so much time together, we broke down barriers, we broke down um, you know, our own lexicons, our own vocabulary, and really became focused on let's create truest, let's define our purpose. I mean, I can tell you, uh, it was just over a year ago, the executive management team sitting together 
uh, choosing every single word of our purpose, our mission, and our value statements. We did that together. We debated, uh, we discussed, and we we aligned and had consensus coming out of those sessions. So I do think that that, that mentality, that behavior pattern at the top of, of our company uh, absolutely helped us accelerate decision-making through COVID uh, in the in the beginning of COVID uh, back in March and April uh, for us, and, and certainly has allowed me and one of my partners, Dante Wilson, who, who runs our digital uh, kind of product teams, as well as other capabilities for the company, allowed us to lock arms. I mean, there, there's no daylight between Dante and I around what we need to do for our clients and how we need to go about it. And the executive management team, again, to your point, top of the house, culture, behaviors, value systems, um, it is as absolutely 100% aligned on what we need to get done. So yes, I think I think it definitely helped accelerate. Yeah, you, you look at this and you were already in a change mentality while many organizations have this process of going to, from point A to point B and it is, it's so road, it's so used to, you know, we look at strategic planning and a lot of times we just take last year's plan and make an adjustment. Well, that's not possible when you're bringing two organizations together. So I would imagine there is some help there. But um, speaking a little bit about change, less than two weeks ago, your company announced a venture capital firm within Truist called Truist Ventures. This is obviously intended to help jumpstart innovation on all levels as well as address other objectives. How does this new initiative fit within the overall strategy of Truist? It's a prime example, I'd say, again, of our, of our purpose for the company and, uh, and certainly fits squarely in the middle of our commitment to bring you know, great, uh, outstanding, world-class digital experiences to our, to our clients. So, yeah, you know, Vanessa Reedland runs Truist uh, Ventures. Um, as you just said, it was, it was kind of announced. We made a bit of a splash in the month of September with that. Uh, with our commitment and support of, of one of one of the fintechs, uh, Veeam, uh, which is a, a you know a global payments uh, platform, so that that's the beginning of it for us. Uh, there's much more, much much more great things to to come. But like it, it puts us front and center, and again, this what I call this ecosystem of of partnerships of fintechs puts us right in the middle of it, and also helps us showcase our, our true securities capabilities that I mentioned earlier. We have a lot of tools in our toolkit we can bring to the table. Vanessa is a great leader um, and, and we'll, we'll continue to look for opportunities. But those opportunities, Jim, for us are, are rooted in, in, again, in our purpose, our mission, our values, uh, but, but also in the commitment to drive to that next gen world-class digital experience. So we're, we're in the game big time on this and uh, we're really excited to see what, what Truist Ventures will, will continue to bring to the table. So what was the biggest challenge faced in the combination of two legacy banking organizations, and also the ongoing mission of digital transformation? Well, again, you know, the biggest challenge has, has been, you know, we, we have uh, 60,000 plus or minus teammates, right? We, we have, uh, and they have families, and we, we, we had to bring the, these, these companies together, and, it, and it's, a, it's a human endeavor, right? When you think about the um, hearts and minds that we have to capture of, of two great heritage companies, and, and get the alignment all the way at the top of the house, all the way to every single one of our teammates and partners and vendors, right? It's the whole supply chain we've got to bring together and align to this new purpose, right? Um, we have a new brand, by the way, right? So that was, that was another big challenge. We, 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 we picked a new name. We picked new, uh, you know, a, a new color scheme. We picked a, a, whole, new, a whole new design. Uh, to try to create the, the uh, you know, a, a new experience and, and 
put that out there and, and really drive client experiences. So I think I think the number one challenge for us is, is, is it's our people and it's the alignment of our of our new brand, our new culture, uh, and, and our new purpose. And the, the great news, Jim, is it's we're off to we're off to a really good start. I think we've had internally we've had our, our teammates embrace uh, our purpose and really step up to the plate. Clearly, there there are a whole host of other challenges that are in my top ten, and especially with my CIO hat on and leading the merger for the company uh, as well. We've got we've got a range of challenges. They're, they're more technical in nature uh, to to execute on the merger, but those. those those aren't my number one. My number one uh, challenge, but also my number one opportunity, I think, for this whole company, it, it's our it's our teammates, it's our people. You know, Scott, we talked about innovation. You're opening an innovation center in Charlotte in the near future. Can you explain a little bit about your innovation process at Truist and, and how you're making this an overarching objective of the bank that everybody participates in? Yeah, Jim, we, we certainly are uh, opening the doors on our Innovation and Technology Center. You'll, you'll hear us talk about it as the ITC, but it, that's what it is, Innovation Technology. Um, and a couple of things I'd say about, about the process around innovation. Um, first and foremost, that center itself is, is going to be uh, off the charts, world class, amazing. It's going to be a place that I, I, and I've you know, been part of, been fortunate to be part of with, with uh, my partner, Dante Wilson. And, and our both of our teams aligning together to design the space, um, and we're in the middle of executing on that on that construction uh, process right now, actually. Uh, but but when it does open, uh, the process you'll see manifest in the in the ITC uh, will be one that's rooted in in design thinking. Uh, it'll have clients, real live clients, uh, in the center. We're actually creating safe space for them to to be there. We'll do a lot of research, so we'll have an R&D aspect. Um, also, you know, we're, we're planning to, to invite partners in. Uh, we're, we're planning to invite part of that broader uh, technology ecosystem uh, to come in and actually participate with us. Uh, so it'll be a physical manifestation of that process. And I'd say lastly, Jim, it's not, it's not to say, though, that the only place for Truist where innovation and technology uh, leadership thought process occurs with our clients in mind is in Charlotte in that building. I think for us, it'll be a flagship uh, uh, area of physical space that allows us to um, exercise that process and, and deliver, but it'll, it'll be exported out to many, many other parts of our, of our company uh, every single day. So hopefully that helps. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because what COVID has done we used to ask questions like, where do you see yourself in 10 years? And we realized that that kind of scope is impossible to even get close to right. But if you're looking at the next 12 months and, and maybe 18 months, what do you hope you see at Truist? And how are you fitting within the other large banks in the United States? Yeah, well, first first and foremost, uh, within that time frame, we'll, we'll be through our our you know, merger um, in terms of system integration. There'll, there'll be activities on the backside of the client experiences around the merger that we'll still be tackling for sure. But, um, you know, the merger will be largely uh, as, a, as a customer client event, largely in our rearview mirror. Um, so, you know, post, post merger, I'd say our, our desire is, is to um, have ongoing world-class client experiences right and that that that's that's from the end-to-end -end digital perspective you know it's both the 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 apps need to have world-class features and functionality you have to be able to do what you want to do from your from your mobile device 
um, or online banking or whatever other channel you, you choose, right? So customers or clients having choice on the front end is certainly is certainly an aspect. And I, I'd say on the back side of that, um, you know, wiring this all together, having having great interconnectivity, leveraging the speed of 5G and 6G as it all comes down the road and manifests. Um, you know, having connectivity to other platforms, other ecosystems that our clients choose to operate and navigate. Um, that would be another another key element for us that, that we're certainly uh, cultivating more strategies and tactics around. So what's been your biggest surprise in this whole process besides besides COVID? That's an easy answer. But what 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 have you learned that that you, you said, man, I didn't see that coming. And, and it really has enlightened me into what what organizations, banking organizations have to do going forward. Yeah, I, I think well for for one one thing like it's it's been a great surprise. I think our our teammates internally, you know, again we have sixty thousand of, of of our teammates um, have, have really all embraced the merger, embraced our new our new our new purpose that we declared around inspiring and building better lives and communities. So, you know, I, I think that's been a, a not not maybe not a surprise, but it's been a it's been a great a great outcome. Uh, yeah, I, I I think too that. Uh, Probably just another surprise for us has, has been that, you know, as an executive management team, as senior leaders, the the amount of um, the the amount of the the awakening we've all had over this. Yes, COVID probably was a catalyst for it, but but the surprise of, of leaning into this as an executive management team together, and, and really, really, again, there's not a lot of daylight between any of us on the executive team. We all see the vision, we all see the purpose and the connectivity of that to um, our clients' expectations and needs. So it's been, again, it's been a nice surprise, it's been a great surprise and a great outcome uh, where, where the um, vocabulary is actually the same at the executive management team. We're not, we're not legislating our client experience through committees. Uh, we're actually talking about it every day, every week as, as a team and making good decisions to drive us forward. Thanks a lot again, Scott. Thanks for listening to Banking Transformed, raised a top five banking podcast. I generally appreciate the support you have provided since we started this endeavor. If you enjoy what we're doing, please be sure to subscribe to Banking Transform on your favorite podcast app. In addition, please take 30 to 45 seconds to show some love in the form of a review. It means the world to me, and it really helps us get great speakers going forward. Finally, be sure to catch my recent articles on the financial brand and check out the research we're doing on digital transformation, the future of banking, retail banking innovation, and the changing dynamics of financial marketing for the Digital Banking Report. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thank you to our producer, Leah Longbreak, and the audio engineer, Sean Rohlhoffman. I'm your host, Jim Roos. Until next time, stay safe and stay healthy. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.